You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Did you have a good week this week? Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it kind of started for me on, uh, well, at least morning watch Wednesday. Wednesday, uh, as we were sitting here, as I was sitting, this is my spot, and I was sitting here, and and RB was up on the keyboard, and he was playing softly some music and stuff, and it was right at the very beginning, and I, and I sensed the Holy Spirit just whispered, I would like to dance with you. Now, you know, real men don't dance, don't you? No. I, I grew up in that generation that we don't dance, you know, unless it's a slow dance, and I thought, well... I can slow dance with the Holy Spirit. So I, I went over to the side and was just dancing with the Holy Spirit. It was just really fun, really sweet. Didn't know if I was going to fall down. Rebecca encouraged me. <laughs> Go ahead and take the risk. Don't worry about that. If, if you fall, you fall. Uh, but it was really fun. I was getting a little dizzy because, you know, I'm not really twinkle toes. You know, it just, but it was so much fun. Uh, I just want to encourage you that these are the days that the Lord is moving and the kingdom is becoming more and more and more alive. And we have to, we have to take any kind of uh, suggestion, any kind of inspiration, anything that, that the Lord invites us into, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate for a second. Just go for it and see what happens. Now, if, if it wasn't the Holy Spirit you'll know. And, you know, the only thing you've lost is you look kind of fruity up there, you know, just, you know, and you might, yeah, well, you could fall with the Holy Spirit because <laughs> he has a way of overwhelming you. Uh, so go for it. I give you permission in Jesus' name. Anything that uh, you feel that the Lord's uh, inviting you into, by all means, take advantage If you've got your Bibles or your devices, turn to Acts chapter 9, verse 32 is where we're ready for today. Listen to the word of the Lord. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, a paralytic who had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and take care of your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas, which means gazelle, who was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time she became sick and died and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with, still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room, then got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, 
and seeing Peter, sat up. She sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with, Timon, uh, with, tan with a tanner named Simon. I'm so used to saying Simon the tanner. <laughs> Read it the way it is in the NIV. So Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that it would have its full effect in our hearts, in our spirit, and in our minds, and in our bodies today. Father, that you would do an adjustment that needs to be done so that we would go from beyond belief to belief. Increase our faith. For we ask it in your name. Amen. <laughs> so we, we, we get Saul on his way to, to, to Tarsus and there's this peaceful time now with the church and now Acts picks up and we resume with Peter and his activity. The last time we saw Peter, he was with John, he was in Samaria, he was with Philip and he was imparting the Holy Spirit to all the believers that were converted under Philip's ministry in Samaria, a Samaritan village. And then they, they go back and they're, they're preaching in all the villages. Now we find Peter and he's just going about the country doing stuff, having the time of his life. And as we, as we find him, it says, and Peter found Aeneas. Huh. He found Aeneas. Isn't that interesting? Who have you found? Who are you going to find this week? Who's going to be across your path that as a disciple of Jesus Christ who believes in the kingdom, that it is at hand, that it is current, that it is present, that the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you find someone who's in need? It's fun, isn't it? going around, you're in Best Buy, and all of a sudden, one of the workers there, you're waiting to ask her a question, and you overhear her on a telephone call saying, oh, my head is killing me. I got this excruciating headache. And, and, and you, you just pick up on that, and guess what? That's called found. You found someone. You found someone. They have an excruciating headache. Now, I like it when it's just the headache. But you still have to engage them. You still have to find out, you know, a little bit about them and ask them if you can pray. And boom, her headache was gone. I love that. I love that when that happens. And, and she was showing me whatever it was. I can't even remember. Uh, I think it was a dish, no, not a dishwasher. I think it was a dryer. And she's telling me about that, and <clears throat> boom. She says, you know, my, my headache's gone. And I thought, that's cool, that's cool. I, that, that feels like that. Peter's going by, and here is Aeneas, who's been paralyzed for eight years. Mm -hmm. Okay, eight years. 
That's a long time to not be walking. Don't know if he's a quadriplegic or if he was just paralyzed with his legs, couldn't walk, but there was a paralysis that was involved. And there wasn't any, there wasn't any hope. Eight years. Peter finds him. Look what he says to him. Peter comes up to Aeneas and says, Aeneas, I'm somebody special and I have great healing powers and I am going to show you how awesome I am and be healed. No, that's not in the text. No, he comes up to Aeneas and he says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and take care of your mat. Now, where in the world did Peter get an idea like that? Oh, that's what Jesus did, isn't it? Huh. As we spend time with Jesus, we gain, and as we continue in the scriptures, we start to see the things that Jesus did. And especially as you're reading in John and you realize that the things that Jesus did is not just an example for us of how wonderful Jesus is, but it's an example of who we are supposed to be, what we're supposed to do. Jesus was the first one. He was the pioneer. He went and made the way and we're to follow in his steps. And he said, even greater things than these you'll do. And so there's, there's every expectation in heaven that the church today, every believer in Jesus Christ would be continuing the incredible healing ministry of Jesus. Jesus Christ heals you. Practice that. Jesus Christ heals you. Okay? Anybody have trouble with that? Jesus Christ heals you. Pick up your mat. Move on. Mm. I love this as we see Peter just moving in the way that he has seen the Lord move. Matter of fact, you could, almost, you could almost just insert this into the gospel instead of the book of Acts. And it, you know, it's probably there. It's probably there in Luke chapter 10 when Jesus sends the disciples out and he, he tells them to go out and to heal the sick and cast out demons and, and uh, bring the good news to the poor. And as they go out, and then they come back and they're all excited. They're saying, oh, it's so exciting. You know, demons submitted to us. It was so awesome. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. We're going to celebrate that our names are in the Lamb's Book of Life. We're going we're to celebrate that we have relationship together. We're going to celebrate the relationship of my heart to your heart, our hearts to the Father's heart. We're going to celebrate that. So we don't see a whole lot in the Gospels of where the disciples are doing these kind of miracles. But in Acts, after the Holy Spirit's come upon them, it's just commonplace. They're doing it. Now, the, the question that you may have is like, but it was just the apostles. It was just Peter. It was just the apostles that were doing that stuff. Peter, John, you know, the, the 12. It was just them. Judas is out of the picture, so we, we nominated a, a 12th disciple and got him included. And so they're the ones that have the power. No, because they, they, they raise up seven guys to take care of the widows and the distribution. And all of a sudden, these seven guys are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. 
And we find that they move with incredible power, that they move with signs and wonders. And and there's all sorts of healings that take place and deliverances that take place uh, through their hands. And so we we see it, it happening. But then, hold on, in chapter 19 of Acts, we see that Paul comes upon the Ephesians and they've only been baptized under John's baptism, a baptism of repentance, and they haven't even heard about the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so Paul goes on and he shares with them and and they come into an experience with the Holy Spirit and now they're fully equipped. You know, that's that's one of the things. A, A lot of us, as we come to Jesus, we come to him, we get out of all the darkness. We get out of the sin that has, has so tripped us up. We get out of our stinking thinking and, and we come into relationship. We ask him to forgive us of our sins. He forgives us of our sins. We invite him into our heart. He comes into our heart. And oftentimes we just go right there and stay and remain. I'm here to proclaim to you that the life that you have in Jesus Christ is never intended for you to ever stop growing. You're always going to grow. And with the knowledge of having your sins forgiven, that is wonderful. Oh, we can do backflips. We can celebrate that. We can rejoice in that. But that's just the starting point. That's just the launching point. Now we get to know him and we get to know the true beauty of who Jesus is. And we, now when we read, we, we see our eyes open up as we're reading the scripture and we see in the stories and all of a sudden we see parts of the story that we never saw before. And as we understand the Holy Spirit and the part that he plays, it takes the word and the spirit if we're going to get a full revelation of the Lord. And so as we're reading the word with the spirit, fellowshipping with the spirit, the spirit comes within us for our benefit. He's constantly working new things in us. I pray this prayer every night. And if I forget to pray it, I went to heaven's court and said, so let it be decreed and written in the annals of heaven that I, Richard Allen Francis, anytime I lose consciousness, I give Father, Son, and Holy Spirit absolute permission to go in take stuff out, put stuff that I need, where I got my wires crisscrossed, put them right, wire, rewire me. Take out the old stuff and put in the new. So if I'm listening to a boring preacher, that's why I highly recommend you pray this prayer and get it recorded in heaven. And you go out, you're not going to lose anything because God will still be working in you at all times. So I do that before I go to bed every night, just invite the Holy Spirit to come in and do whatever he wants to do. Father, change this, change that, move this. Because we're always growing. We're always on this journey of growth. The worst thing that could ever happen to us is if we think we've arrived. And how many times does the enemy trick us with that? He will get us into, instead of having a real life relationship with the Lord, he will move us into a religious experience and a religious set of behaviors that are biblical, but they're not coming out of an intimacy with God. They're coming out of a focus on 
what I can do to show God and others that I love Jesus or that I'm a believer or try to convince everybody that, you know, I'm more handsome than I really am. And, and so we, we, we do, that's called religion. The relationship with Christ is that the more you get to know him, the more passionately in love with him you become. Mm-hmm. It's like when, when we get out of our junk and he is the deliverer, Jesus is the deliverer. He delivers us from a life of death he, lives, he delivers us from the depression. He delivers us from all the choices that were leading to darkness. And he brings us to himself. And now we are seated with him in heavenly places. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And Paul tells us that the whole dynamic of, of what God has done is he's restored us, redeemed us, and he's seated us with Jesus in the heavenly realms. I don't know how you guys see that. Where do you see yourself? Do you ever see yourself in the heavenly realms? It's kind of like, if we don't get a vision for where he's, what the word says, we, we won't even know how to pray. We won't know how to, how to ask. We won't know what to desire. <laughs> we, we've got to get a revelation because from that revelation, then we know how to pray. We know how to order our day. We know how to walk. We know how to live a, an everyday application of this incredible relationship with the most loving being we've ever known. Don't stop until you're in heaven. Why? Because Jesus taught us that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you don't know what it looks like in heaven, you'll never know how to live and pray and believe on planet earth. Is anybody awake this morning? Yes. Come on, come on. As it is. That's the phrase, as it is. <laughs> I, I, I'm praying and I'm, I'm before the Holy Spirit. And I'm just having a wonderful time with the Lord. And all of a sudden I just hear, as it is. I gotta have a revelation of as it is. We have to have a revelation of as it is. So we know what it's supposed to be down here. If we don't see in, into the heaven, we won't know how it is supposed to be here. Okay. Now, some of you can receive that. Some of you is like, Phew, boy, this guy is really off his rocker today. I was wondering about this church. It's a little weird. No. Your intimacy with the Lord will continue to develop your entire life. And if anywhere you got stuck, guess what? You can get unstuck today and continue to develop. One of the things that I think is really important for us is to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. We believe as, as Christians that we can hear the voice of God, that we can actually hear. Most of the time it doesn't come as an audible voice and it's not with these natural ears that we hear, but we hear with our heart. We hear what he's saying. And we know it's him because it's too good to be from us. You know, it's just too amazing. I mean, when you're walking down this way and all of a sudden you get a thought and it says, go this way. Oftentimes it's so radically different than what you're thinking that you know it's him. And here's, here's the thing. I, I deputize you all in Jesus' name to make mistakes. 
You got to practice this. You got to you got to try it. And if you think you've heard the Lord and you step out and you find out that you didn't hear the Lord, then just turn around, take responsibility if if it involved anybody else. Let them know that we're we're learning, we're growing. And mark it. Okay. I thought that was him, but that wasn't him. Or I, I thought that was him and it was him. Oh, I got to remember. Because he will continue to speak to us. And this is, this is one of the things that's refined only, only through use. It, it, you're not going to develop a keen sense of hearing the voice of the Lord if you don't act on what he said. I got too many stories to illustrate that, but I won't go into them. So here we got Peter. He finds, quote unquote, Aeneas, eight years paralyzed, and he's healed. Amazing. The result, he got up, and all those that lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. There's, there's a whole turning of a whole village to the Lord as a result of this. Now here's something that we need to understand about healing. God heals because he cares about you. He cares about us. He didn't heal Aeneas so that he could start a revival. He healed Aeneas because he cared about Aeneas. And the love that was manifested in Peter's heart from the father's heart when he found Aeneas and he went to him, it was because of his love for that person. And he gets healed. The result of that, not the purpose, it's not in an order, it's a result, it's a resultant clause. The result of that is that many came to the Lord. Wow. Sign me up. We could use many, couldn't we? We could use many coming to the Lord. Okay? Story number one. Story number two. Ooh, I got to get moving, don't I? Then Peter is enjoying this revival in this little village in Lydda. And now Tabitha, Dorcas, whichever name you want to call her, One's Aramaic, the other's the Greek. So, so as, as she dies, anybody get the sense that this was a premature death? You know, it was, she, she went about doing good and all the stuff and making things, loving the poor. She's just a, a wonderful disciple of Jesus. And boom, she dies. The disciples are saying, ooh, Peter, He's, he's just in the village over there. Let's go get him. So they send two men. She's already dead. They've watched her body. They put her in the upstairs room. The widows are there. They're grieving. They're, they're remembering. They're getting out all the clothing that she's done and all the wonderful things that she's done. They're having a, a funeral. They're just having a wake. They're just enjoying remembering, remembering Dorcas. And so here comes Peter. He comes into that. He comes into a funeral scene. Kind of love this about Peter. He comes into a guy that's been paralyzed for eight years. 
Now he comes into a scene, goes upstairs, and there's a dead girl. And everybody's grieving. They're all showing him the stuff. Oh, she did this for me. Oh, look what she made for me. Oh, this is so, you know, and they're just honoring the memory of Dorcas, and it's a precious thing. But Peter hasn't come to be a part of the funeral service. And so Peter knows from Jesus' example with Jairus' daughter, and he invites all the widows, invites them all to leave. And as they leave, he gets down on his knees and he prays. So many different ways to resurrect a dead body. Put this one in your category. Fall on your knees and pray. It's not a formula, but it's, it, it's, a, it's a connecting with the heart of the Father to find out what do you want to do here? Is it time for Dorcas to wake up and come back to life? We don't have the exchange. Wouldn't you love to get in some of these prayers? Wouldn't it be just cool if Peter would say, oh, this is what I was talking to the Father about. This is what the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. And so here's where I went. And so that's why. After he prays, he turns and and he speaks to Tabitha and he tells her, little girl, get up. And she gets up. And she gets up. Man, who wants to serve any other God but our God? He is so amazing. I I don't understand. There's no way I can comprehend everything about him. But he's so amazing. And so Tabitha gets up. (laughs) And now Peter, it's show and tell time. I would love to be in that testimony service. I would love to be there as he takes Tabitha and he presents her to the widows and all that are, that are mourning there and they get to see Tabitha. Wow. And it says it became known all around Joppa and many turned to the Lord. Many believed. Many believed. Our process of believing as believers is that we never stop believing. Wherever we are in our belief cycle, whether we just can believe enough and we just have enough faith to believe that Jesus died for our sins, great, that's a good starting point. Continue there. But continue to believe, continue to believe, continue to believe in your relationship until all of a sudden you're starting to see more and you're starting to believe more. Let's see if we can continue to believe and believe and believe and believe and believe until all of a sudden we have that mustard seed faith that can speak to a mountain and make it move. Yeah, if we don't move mountains, let's just raise the dead. Let's just heal paralyzed people from eight years. Let's see because we believe. Now we got to contend. There's a lot of stuff that we just, we just get through inheritance. You know, I think so, so many of us, we had no problem at all believing that Jesus died for our sins and we're able to come into a, a, a redemption, a salvation, an experience 
the spirit given birth to spirit. We just got that because it's been, it's been passed down for centuries now. It, it, it's been there. But there's more things that we have to inherit. And, and these acts of, of, of the apostles, acts of the Holy Spirit just stirs my heart to say, okay, what's next? What's next that we need to inherit? When you see something in the scriptures and it becomes revealed to you and you see what they had, that's in bounds for you to receive through inheritance. Anything you see, anything you see in scripture, anything that you see, get in line and believe that it's time for you to receive your full inheritance. You know, one of the saddest things I think is if, if, if I died and left all this wealth to my children, because everybody knows I'm filthy rich. And if I left all of this, and, and then when we all got reunited in heaven, here's Crystal, Christopher, and Stephanie, and I find that they never touch their inheritance. Here I left all of this, you know, billions of dollars to them, and they, and they, they never spent it. It's kind of like, oh, don't let that happen on my watch. Let's make sure that every believer understands that you have an inheritance through Christ Jesus. We are co-heirs with Christ now. We're co-heirs with Jesus and there's inheritances that the Father has for us now. Not for when we get to heaven. We need them now. And it's time to start appropriating everything that he has. Okay? No guilt, no condemnation. I'm not going to shame you like I got shamed. You know, it doesn't work that way. But there are rewards that he has for you. There are gifts. There are inheritances that you have. We need those inheritances because those that have gone before, all that they've contended for that we now have, we get to contend for the next generation. Man, when I, when I think of the things that those that have contended for that went before me, you know, all the, all the wars about, you know, the cessationism of thinking that the kingdom stopped with the last apostle as far as signs and wonders and miracles and healings, deliverances, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of those, we, we just get through inheritance now. But what's next? I think we need a little more breakthrough on resurrections. Until they, until we need to continue to contend for resurrections. We need to continue to contend for those healings and those sicknesses that go beyond a headache, that go beyond that something that is, that, is, that is tangible, verifiable. We need to continue to contend for those things. Here's, here's my, my concern that in our belief system, we get complacent with wherever we're at. And we just assume that I've got diabetes. So, you know, that's just my lot. I'm just going to have to deal with diabetes the rest of my life. And when I get to heaven, I won't have diabetes. Not. I don't understand all the reasons and all the stuff, but I am pursuing I'm pursuing a relationship with Jesus where I get to receive everything that he has for me. Do I think Jesus is Lord over diabetes? Absolutely. 
Do I think he's Lord over any condition that you have? Absolutely. Are we going to be deceived and duped in resigning ourselves that this is as good as it gets? That's not heaven. When you're experiencing heaven on earth, you've got it. You've, you've understood it. You're, you're appropriating what you need. Oh, yeah, my time's gone. Oh, I got several things I'd love to... Okay, have I offended half of you yet? Have I lost you? Keep trying. Okay. It's, it's a whole different ball game, folks. Let's get rid of religion. Let's get into relationship with Jesus. Let's understand that wherever we are in our belief, our belief, it's going to increase. You know, from faith to faith with an ever-increasing faith. From glory to glory with an ever-increasing glory. Those are two similar expressions in the New Testament. I think we need to really take them to heart and make not the gift, not the, not the wow factor, but the Jesus factor, which is really wow, wow, wow. We, we need to make that, intimus, that intimate pursuit of him priority number one. Everything else will flow out of that. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be added. Okay? So, Father, we just acknowledge that you are Lord and that your lordship transcends any environment that I live in. You've chosen to partner with us in releasing the fullness of your kingdom. And so we want to be so aligned with you, Lord, that we release the fullness of the kingdom everywhere we go. We release the fullness of the kingdom and the lordship of Jesus over diabetes. We release the fullness of the kingdom and the lordship of Jesus over shingles. We release the fullness of Jesus and the authority, the lordship over paralysis. We release the fullness and lordship of Jesus over every illness, sickness, every disposition, everything organic, everything functional, Everything, Lord, that the enemy tries to get us to believe that the fullness of Jesus and lordship of Jesus is over everything else but this. And we say, the lordship of Jesus is over but this. It's over but this. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to manifest the fullness of the kingdom and the very lordship of Jesus over all of our but thises today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now receive it. Receive it. Yeah. Lord, we want more. You've ruined us for anything this world has to offer. We want more of you. Let us know as it is. We want to know as it is so that we know as it is. We want to be in alignment with your heart for your creation, for your redemptive plan, for your full plan of salvation. 
And so let it be released today. Lord, I, I say this week, let us find, let us find those moments of your heart's love beating for a hurting and lost world. May we, may we find the person that needs encouragement, that knows you, but needs to be encouraged. May we find a word, Lord, for the one who doesn't know you, for the one who's, who's suffering, the one who's in a, in a sickness or, or has some kind of infirmity. I pray, Lord, that there would be a, a release, that there would be a real sense of finding, just as our shepherd has found us as you left the 90 and nine and went after the one, may we find the one that you've ordained for us to find this week. And may we represent your heart, your passion, and may we speak your word in love. So I pray for a healing grace, a miracle power grace to come upon us that we would see the fullness of your kingdom today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.